0: I'm Tom Mueller and this is Colorado Issues, and I'm talking with Jennifer Churchill, who is Public Information Officer at Colorado Parks and Wildlife. We've talked before. Jennifer, thanks for being with us.
1: I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me, Tom.
0: You know, uh, as I think about talking to you, I don't know if last time I told you this, uh, some years ago, two, three, four years ago, uh, Donna, my wife, and I decided, you know, we we live in this great state uh with all of these things to do and we haven't really seen the state uh of, <laughs> you know and Thanks so much to see <laughs> oh my and uh so what we've been doing the last 2 3 years we have an rv and uh we take uh, little 2 and 3 day excursions to various places Around Colorado, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, which is really convenient uh, in terms of uh, having being able to to get into places that otherwise you might need reservations weeks and yeah. weeks in advance. It's been
1: absolutely that's great timing. <laughs> yeah
0: yeah, it really is and so I mean uh, what uh, how many of us uh, live here, and we've just not experienced it?
1: Well, I think many, many people that are native Coloradans actually um, love Colorado so much, and they love their neighborhoods. They have uh, beautiful views and wildlife right outside their own door, and so a lot lot of us don't actually get into the the nether regions of Colorado, but I think there's lots to explore out there, and I think it's great that you and your wife are doing that Tuesday through Thursday. That's probably a great time when the kids are in school, things are a little quieter, Mm -hmm. uh, people are working, and you get a chance to really see all there is out there. I mean, we have uh, so many different habitats in the state, I think it's really important that people appreciate all those different habitats and understand that we our state is very different. We've got the front range where there's a lot of activity, a lot of people. It's more urban. But if you go out to the eastern plains or down south or to the west slope, it's much more rural. It's much more um, – there's bigger views, landscapes. There's people living their lives a little differently, and they do um, actually manage wildlife a little differently than we do in the front range. Uh, we've got different issues in the front range as far as our wildlife because there's so many people that live close to wildlife. And so I think we have different challenges than folks who have a lot more land and, and are doing, dealing with things like ranching and agriculture. Um, they just have a different approach to it. Um, you know, as far as wildlife um, issues in, in the front range right now, um, as you know, we're getting into spring here and we've had a really strange spring. I mean, we've had snows up here in the, in the metro area Um, as as recently as last week. Um, We're getting some rains now. And so, you know, this is definitely something that wildlife is adapted to. Um, I think we get a lot of questions about concern that wildlife might not know what to do when we have these odd summers or springs with strange weather, but they are definitely adapted over a long time to deal with that. One thing they're not adapted to is having their young interact with humans. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That's something that we see every year. And I think it's it's always a critical time for us in the spring because all of our wildlife, most of our wildlife rather, are actually having their young now. And so what we're looking at is a lot of situations where we have a lot of people that may see baby wildlife. They may interact with it. They may have a fawn in their yard. They may have a bird that fell out of a nest and they really don't know what to do. Um, And so we want to make sure that people understand. A lot of people get really tempted to help young wildlife and to intervene and you know, last year we had that um, bison that was brought into a vehicle, um, and those things are, are really sad. I think people people's hearts are in the right place, but we need to understand that, you know, wildlife knows what to do for its young. And so if an animal's out there, it probably is supposed to be out there, mm. you know. Y- yeah. um, I think a, a lot of times when people see a fawn left somewhere, they think, uh-oh, it's been abandoned or its mother died. And, and we don't actually know that for sure because with, with ungulates, which would be deer, elk, and moose, um, they will actually leave their young in one place and um, for safekeeping basically and those, those young are born without a scent and so they're out there scentless they're tucked away somewhere nice and quiet um, and the adult goes off looking for food or things like that and will come back um, and so if you, if you come upon a fawn, you come upon a calf, some young animal in your yard please don't rush to pick it up and, and try and save it what we always want people to do is really uh, make a phone call or google, <laughs> get on the internet, call our office um, and find out what you should do. A lot of times you should wait about 24 hours. Um, we don't want people rushing to pick these animals up because they actually can can cause the abandonment of that animal unintentionally. Uh, so we want people to call and we'll walk you through and ask you a few questions about how long the animal's been there and, and things like that. Um, if there is a situation where we need to intervene, um, our officers often will come out to intervene when it's young ungulates. Um, that's a situation where we don't want people putting hands on them. Um, those kind of animals get used to people very quickly, and so they actually, it's called imprinting, and so what they'll do is they'll really imprint on a human, and then they can't go back out and be a wild animal anymore.
0: You know, uh, that's really interesting. As you opened up, you said uh, a lot of people wonder, can wildlife deal with all of these uh, weather pop-ups that we've had? (laughs) while Yeah. I think wildlife can deal with a lot better than we can, you
1: know? Heck, yeah. <laughs> I think that's that's very true. You know, we when we have things um, like, unfortunately, floods or fires, uh, Mother Nature knows what she's doing. And so most of the animals get out of the way. Most of them know when those events are taking place, and they're able to get out of the way. And that's not to say that some uh, some old animals or some very young animals might not get caught. But for the most part, these animals have adapted, and we need to remember that's how they're successful. Mm-hmm. They need to learn those skills as wild animals to live outside and live outdoors and contend with all kinds of things like predators or cars or people. And so if we intervene, we really can mess up that natural training that they're having from their adults. And so um, even though I, I understand, too, I'm the, I'm the kind of person, if I see an animal hurt, I want to do something. I don't like to see suffering at all. Um, but just make sure you make a phone call first and find out what's the appropriate kind of response. It's a little different with birds. Um, you know, we have a lot of birds this time of year that are learning to fly, and so they might, come, they might fall out of the nest as they're, as they're learning to use those wings that are just getting feathers on them. And so with songbirds, that's okay. You actually can touch songbirds. A lot of folks, you know, there, there was a, an old saying that you shouldn't touch birds, but mm-hmm. you can with little songbirds. They don't have that scent situation like with uh, mat- the ungulates. But what you want to do is just put them back in the nest and walk away and let let uh, the adult take over. Um, we do have situations where people m- w- might want to help a raptor, um, and that's something that pr- you probably don't want to do because those birds actually have pretty big claws or talons, and and they actually do not suffer people lightly. If you try and help a raptor with her young, um, you you might get nicked, and so be super careful about that. We have had situations where people have had owls nesting in their backyards and. You know, this time comes around and they're getting ready to go out and folks are getting ready to go out and barbecue and they'll step outside and this owl will come swooping at them. Oh, boy. <laughs> it's, it's kind of frightening, you know. it's yeah. it, it might be cool at first, but then they're there for a few weeks and it can get a little challenging for people who want to enjoy their backyards. But they really don't peop- like want people near their young. Mm-hmm. And also the same with the, the geese. We've got a lot of geese that nest in interesting places. You might have seen some stories on the news. We've had geese that nested. Um, you know, in a planter right outside of a Fort Collins library one time, and basically no one could go in that entrance for weeks because <laughs> the, the the geese were not having it. They once once their uh, eggs eggs were in the nest, they were swooping and flying and and honking at everyone that came in that entrance. And so, you know, um, nature is doing what it's supposed to do, and so I think we always need to be cognizant of the fact that we need to try and let animals live their wild lives because they're gonna they're gonna do much better when they they learn to avoid us and they learn to stay away for their own health and for the health of their young.
0: So the key is you see uh, an animal that you have this impulse to help. First thing is to call you guys and find out. Uh, well, first thing, not do it, uh, not touch yeah. them. But then <laughs> yeah. uh, then call you guys, especially if they're there over 24 hours, and uh, and find out what they should do. They shouldn't take it upon themselves.
1: No, absolutely not. You know, sometimes uh, some of our wildlife rehabilitators um, will try will suggest after a certain amount of time what to do. You might want to cover. It. Sometimes they say to cover the animal with a, a cardboard box or something like that, just to keep it safe. And take your pets indoors. Obviously, don't let your dog or cat near mm-hmm. any young that might be in your yard. But overall, it's really it's really a matter of watching and waiting, and then the experts can help you understand when you might need to intervene would you know, another thing yeah I'm go sorry. ahead,
0: go ahead no go ahead another
1: thing we we need to remember, and I, I know this is hard for for everyone sometimes to understand is that you know sometimes younger animals die so that other animals can eat, mm-hmm. and I think that's a that's a tough thing for us today you know we're all on Facebook and social media, and i'm the same, I love wildlife and we all love young wildlife, um, but sometimes you know that's the natural cycle, and we need to keep in mind that um, there are animals out there that feed on other animals, and so we may not want to participate or, or watch that process, but we need to keep that in mind as well. Not every baby animal is going to make it, mm-hmm. um, and that's why animals have a lot of young sometimes, in order to make up for that that loss.
0: You know, I uh, uh, had not realized till you had mentioned it about ungulates, do not have a scent uh, in, yes. in order that predators... Can't find them while mom is out exactly hunting for food.
1: <laughs> exactly, and I think that you know, um, there's there's such an urge. They're so cute and innocent looking. They've got their little spots, and and we want to do everything we can to help them. But we are actually putting a scent on them, and so now they can be found by predators. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Once we touch those animals, and again, it's never anyone's intention. We totally understand that. We we all love animals, and that's why we work in this field, quite frankly. But. Um, we need to make sure that we're educated and not trained to always necessarily put uh, human thoughts on animals. We need to remember they are wild, and we need to let them be wild. I think that's, that's a challenge sometimes if you have an animal in your own yard. And mm-hmm. That's why I thank goodness, we do have some wildlife rehabilitators out there that will assist. Um, but that's, that's tough, too. Those folks get a lot of animals every spring, um, and it's not inexpensive to try to rehab animals and get them back out into the wild. Um, so we really need to do all we can to be as educated as we can be and to understand the processes that are going on outside in our yards or in our open spaces near our homes.
0: Now, as um, you, as you mentioned, you can Google uh, Colorado Parks and Wildlife uh, or yeah. check your website. Do you have a phone number and a website that people?
1: Yes. Vocally, it- you can call us at 303-291-7227. And our folks will help out anyone who has any questions about um, animals in the metro area that they might be seeing or might need assistance. That number so again, Jennifer, is? Oh, I'm sorry. It's the... 303-291-7227. Mm-hmm. 7227.
0: And website. What's the website?
1: The website is cpw.state.co.us. Okay. So a little It's a little longer URL there, but if you Google Colorado Parks and Wildlife, you should find that. Ah, there
0: you go. Okay. yeah
1: last thing I wanted to mention was that again we have we have uh, animals out there with young, and so they're gonna be a little more defensive than usual. <laughs> mm-hmm. We need to remember if we see elk with calves, please don't approach them um please don't chase them around with your phone trying to get photos um they will they will be a little more territorial and they may try and push you off they They do chase folks these times of year as well as with our coyotes. You know, this is the time when the pups are out of the den. They're going to start getting used to being on the ground and looking for food and learning to hunt with their adults. And so I think um, our inclination sometimes is to run over and get a picture. And um, I definitely want to advise that people stay away, stay at some extra distance when animals have young near them because they are going to be more defensive than usual. We've also got bears out there this time of year, Tom. The bears are coming out of the den with their cubs, and those little guys are adorable. They're just (laughs) I mean, I've seen them. I've Me and my daughter have st- stood under bears, bear sitting for hours at a time, and watching them is a fascinating and amazing opportunity. They are just lovely little things to watch and, and so cute. But, again, don't chase them with your cameras. I We understand people love our wildlife, and we need to remember, we need to love them enough to let them be wild. Yeah. And so we've got some situations lately I think we've come across a lot of people really tolerating animals hanging out in their yard. And so, you know, we'll have uh, adorable videos of animals swimming in um, hot tubs. You know, we've got bears in hot tubs or bears on hammocks, and uh, I get it. We all get it. It's so cute, and they're so they're so fun to watch. That is totally understandable, but what we would like people to do is really take a video, enjoy that moment, call your kids, call the neighbors, say quick, come look, and then chase the animals off. Mm-hmm. Um, bang some pots and pans blow an air horn, honk your horn on your vehicle, make that animal unwelcome. Um, And I know that's tough, and it doesn't sound nice, but the thing is, if we make animals so welcome in our yards that they want to live there, then they start to consider your yard their habitat. Mm -hmm. So when you do want to go out and barbecue the next day or or a week after, that animal is going to start to get territorial, and that's unfortunately when we might have to intervene in a way that isn't great for everybody, isn't always great for the animals, um, because it's not safe for humans. Mm -hmm. And so uh, get the picture, get get the video. Please don't chase them with your phones. If you really are into wildlife photography, there's great classes out there. There's long lenses. Um, there's appropriate ways of filming and, and videoing wildlife. But please make sure that you take the photo, take the opportunity to enjoy this amazing opportunity to see animals. And then bang some pots and pans, let them know, okay, time to move along. you got to get back to your habitat. That's going to be better for you and better for your young. <laughs>
0: Talking with Jennifer Churchill, public information officer with Colorado Parks and Wildlife, uh, just uh, in terms of the broad look at uh, what uh, Parks and Wildlife is doing, a broad look at the, the season. We're in the spring, summer is right around the corner, uh, yes. people are out and around. What, uh, what things just broadly and generally uh, sure. would you like to share with us?
1: Yeah, I think people um in Colorado realize that we're we're getting um we're getting more visitors, we're getting more um people moving here from uh around the United States and that's a great thing. I mean, we we love it here. We understand why people love Colorado and come back to visit and decide sometimes to move here, but that does present some challenges as far as planning. You know, we used to be able to, you know, 10 years ago you could call up on a Wednesday and get a campsite locally on the weekend and we're not going to be able to do that anymore. We really are going to need to plan ahead. And I don't want that to sound like a negative. I think folks should understand that we have an opportunity to really engage with the public and help everyone support this um, great natural resource we have. But it is going to take some planning on people's parts, and there's certainly other places to go. But we are now seeing people plan their campsites about six months out especially for the big holiday weekends. Um, Weekends get really busy all summer long at all of the metro area parks, and that's a great thing. We feel supported. We feel loved. But we also want people to understand that they can get frustrated if they find out, oh, shoot, I can't go in in two weeks out to my favorite park. Um, So please work with us. Please bear with us. We're trying to support everybody's opportunities to get outside. You also, like you and your wife are doing, I think a a midweek camping opportunity could be a really nice restful thing
0: Mm, really (laughs) the
1: best vacation yeah i think Mm -hmm. that people um, need to remember that during the middle of the week the parks are a little more slowed down things are a little quieter and so you probably have a better opportunity of getting in for those midweek vacations and it's a it's a a time in the park's a little quieter most people are working Um, plan ahead make some phone calls we've got all this wonderful public land in colorado there's also um, the forest we've also got county parks um, we've got a lot of great opportunities for people to get outside.
0: The v- availability of uh, of parks and campsites and the various things that go into it, you you can get on your website as well. Correct?
1: Correct. Absolutely. We have a reservation uh, part of our website. Uh, if you just look under reservations under cpw.state.co.us, or Google Colorado Parks and Wildlife, and then just in the search button hit reservations. Um, you can uh, go right in there and see what's available and what's not. So we try and make it as easy as we can. Um, Sometimes there are cancellations, but, you know, I certainly don't want to make it frustrating for anybody. I think it's always good to call ahead, do your homework, and then your odds will be better to get out and do what you'd like to.
0: On that website, I looked through the website, and, man, I mean, there's just a wealth of information, not only in terms (laughs) of, I I, I mean, you could spend three days looking through them (laughs) with all of that.
1: We do have a lot going on, and I think, um, especially since um, uh, you know Colorado Parks and Wildlife, uh, we cover all of our wildlife in all 42 parks. And so there's a lot of things on our site for people to educate themselves about and learn about. Um, in addition, we've got information about fishing, hunting, wildlife watching, different research that's happening, um, a sort of uh, species profiles that can tell you about a specific animal you might have in your yard, and then a whole section on living with wildlife. And so if you're curious about an animal in your yard you can go to our website and look up living with wildlife and we've got a whole bunch of different articles and pictures and all this great stuff so that you can find out what's in your yard what's out there how should you deal with it how should you coexist with animals Um, we are so lucky in colorado to have wildlife so close to us but it really comes with a responsibility tom i think people need to understand it doesn't just happen without us uh, managing to some degree but then also as citizens leaving things alone to some degree. Mm. Um, And when you move to Colorado, you need to understand that comes with the responsibility of knowing what's in your yard, knowing how to coexist, knowing to keep your trash away from animals, knowing to make sure that you are not encouraging animals to take up residence in your yard and, and cause trouble with the neighbors. Um, all these things are sort of incumbent upon us as Coloradans and as visitors to
0: Colorado. Uh, one of the things that uh, you touched on when we began talking the, uh, the, uh, about just the uh, the range of uh, of parks and the range of uh, wildlife and the range of uh, of, of yeah. land, you know, from the mm-hmm. from the plains to the mountains and everything. Which I I, I think of Colorado, I think of the mountains. I forget yep. <laughs> about the the rest, you know?
1: Yes. Yeah. Um, my education coordinator always reminds me that one of the most endangered landscapes in in the United States is our grasslands. Mm. And so if you get a chance to go up to Pawnee Grasslands in the eastern plains or go out to the eastern plains where we have wonderful warm, warm water fishing, um, that is um, some beautiful landscapes. You'll have some bird watching opportunities that don't exist anywhere else. And we need to remember all of these things are important, all these different habitats. We have seven different habitats in Colorado, and they're all important. They all represent um, different species that can live there, different plants that can live there. And we are really lucky. We're kind of where, where all these great habitats meet, and so there's great opportunities out there. I definitely want to encourage everybody, like you and your wife are doing, if they can't do it Tuesday to Thursday, you know, get up early on a Sunday and go for a drive, go out east, go down south, check out all the different habitats that we have, because they're all important, and you're going to see things that – People come from around the world to see. I think we're really lucky here, and we certainly don't want to take advantage or we we don't want to, uh, um, you know, think that everyone has these opportunities. We're pretty fortunate. So I think we need to take an opportunity to educate ourselves, to educate our visitors, and to really appreciate all we have here in Colorado. Uh,
0: You can also get annual parks pass, and that can save you some money as well.
1: This is true, and actually, it's a great deal. Um, generally, going to our, most of our parks is seven dollars a day, but an annual pass is only seventy dollars. Mm-hmm. And we've got forty-two parks um, all around. We've got great lakes, great hiking opportunities, really cool um, things to do. We've got moose up at State Forest uh, State Park if you want to get some moose watching in. Um, we've got great opportunities for bird watching at Bar Lake. Um, if you go on our website, you can actually look for what you know. What are you interested in? Do you want to go for a bike ride? Do you want a wildlife watch? And on our site, it'll actually allow you to choose the kind of things you're interested in, what kind of opportunity you're looking for. Um, Do you want to recreate with dogs or do you not want to recreate with dogs? You can actually select that on our site and find spots that really fit exactly what you're looking for. Um, We have eight, according to the Birding Trail, um, ecosystems in Colorado, which is pretty impressive. We have grasslands. We have riparian, which is waterways um, where you might see moose. Mm. Um, We have semi-desert shrublands mostly on the western slope. That's where sagebrush would be Mm -hmm. um, and uh, sage land species. Um, We've got pinyon juniper woodland. We've got montane shrubland, montane forest, subalpine forest, and the alpine tundra. And actually, if you go to the top of Mount Evans um, locally here, um, you can see alpine tundra and hike around and see the most amazing plants and flowers that grow way, way up at the alpine, some of which... Uh, Some of these plants, actually, their root systems reach for almost a mile down into the earth. Um, So it's a very special and precious place. You also have an opportunity to see bighorn sheep and mountain goats up there, which is very cool. Um, That's a really popular spot to go to as well. But I always recommend if you're short on time and you're visiting Colorado and you want to drive a mile high, go to the top of Mount Oven. (laughs) Mm.
0: (laughs) Great idea. And now now, uh, everything is open to get up there, isn't it? Yes, yeah.
1: I think so. I don't know where they are on snow right now. We've had a couple of closures um, in, in the metro you know, uh, foothills kind of um, from the, the snow that we had last week. But in some spots, I know it's melting pretty quickly. I think that Mount Evans is open by now. It usually um, is pretty closely related to Rocky Mountain National Park. But I saw an email yesterday from Rocky Mountain National Park that they got, did get a whole dump of snow. And so Trail Ridge Road had a reclose, um, normally opens around Memorial Day. So definitely check those websites. We definitely don't want to waste anyone's time, any, any of us involved in, in managing outdoor experiences. Um, call ahead, check the website, make sure you know what you're in for. Um, we don't. We hate to see people make a trip out somewhere and then be unable to um, enjoy their experience or get into a place. So um, call ahead, check ahead. Um, we're all trying to do our best to make sure that we are managing all the, all the great visitors we have from around the world. Um, but it's going to take a little more effort on our visitors and our residents' part as well. Um, but like I said, I think we're 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 sure that's a good thing because it means more people care about what we've got going on here.
0: And uh, once again, then, the website is CPW. Yes, our website is yeah.
1: cpw.state.co.us mm-hmm. or Google Colorado Parks and Wildlife.
0: Which is probably the easier way for people who can't remember the dot, 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 dots.
1: <laughs> yes, especially if you're driving. Please yeah. don't be trying to write that down while you're driving. That is...
0: <laughs> that is true. Well, I tell you, uh this is a great state we're in and uh you've got uh, uh we're just so glad that Colorado Parks and Wildlife uh is uh is keeping us informed about about everything and things that you know, unless unless you're an expert in the various things that you and I've been talking about, it's a continuous adventure of discovery.
1: It is, absolutely. And we want to encourage everyone to have that discovery for themselves, so get out there. Like I said, check our websites. I think you are right. We have so many cool things to see here. We've got natural history. We've also got uh, human history. Uh, we have native history in Colorado, and there's great opportunities out there to really enjoy what we've got going on in the state. The Colorado Tourism Board's doing a whole new push, and I think I hope people will be encouraged as well. Just to mention, they are having a great campaign now to get people out to the different places, the new places, the the undiscovered hot spots uh, maybe that people don't always get to in Colorado. And so I would encourage people to check with them as well for out-of-the-way, interesting, new, quirky, fun places to visit.
0: Well, I have a feeling that our RV is going to head in some of those directions this summer.
1: Great. (laughs) Great. (laughs) I'm glad to hear it.
0: Jennifer, always great talking with you. I appreciate very much your time.
1: Absolutely. Thanks for your time, Tom. I appreciate it as well. Have a great summer. Ah,
0: thank you. Jennifer Churchill, a a public information officer of Colorado Parks and Wildlife. And because of CPW, I'm sure we'll have a great summer, Jennifer. Thank you. (laughs)
1: Thank
0: you. I'm Tom Mueller, and this has been Colorado Issues.